Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the CapReit Q1 2020 Results Conference Call. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. David Mills. Please go ahead, Mr. Mills. Uh, thank you, Melian. Good morning. Before we begin, let me remind everyone that, following, that the following discussion may include comments that constitute forward-looking statements about expected future events in the financial and operating results of CapReit. Our actual results may differ materially from these forward-looking statements, as such statements are subject to certain risks and uncertainties. Discussions concerning these risks, the forward-looking statements, and the facts and assumptions in which they are based can be found in CapReach regulatory filings, including our annual information form and MD&A, which can be obtained at CDAR.com. I'll now turn things over to Mark Kenny, President and Chief Executive Officer. Thanks, David. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. <clears throat> Scott Cryer, our Chief Financial Officer, is also with me this morning. Clearly, we are operating in challenging times. This morning, I'd like to quickly review our results for the first quarter of 2020, which included one month of operating under the coronavirus pandemic, and spend the bulk of our time discussing the initiatives that we are taking to preserve capital, maintain a strong and flexible financial position, mitigate risk, and generate the best operating results possible in this new environment. Turning to slide four, our growth and record performance in 2019 was proof positive that we can generate strong and growing returns for our unit holders. For more than 22 years, we have built the team, the asset base, and the operating platform that can, will, and continue this track record of performance as the pandemic eases in the future. We look to return to our traditional year-over-year -year growth as conditions improve. As slide five shows, we significantly enhanced the size and scale of our property portfolio in 2019, acquiring 9,241 residential suites and MHC sites for approximately 1.4 billion. In the first quarter of 2020, we continued to grow with the purchase of another 1,724 suites for $467 million, including a large 1,503-suite portfolio in Halifax, transforming Capri into one of the largest owners of residential properties in this resilient real estate sector. These acquisitions strengthen our market presence and drive economies of scale and operating synergies through our experienced and proven property management teams. At this time, we've essentially curtailed our acquisition activity as due diligence is all but impossible. However, we remain highly opportunistic as we see real estate opportunities arise. Our growth over the last 12 months had a positive impact on our first quarter 2020 results, as you can see on slide six. Revenues were up almost 19% over the same quarter last year, driven by the positive contribution of our acquisitions 
increased monthly rents, and continuing high occupancies. NOI rose over 21% with NFFO up 24%. We also generated another quarter of strong organic growth with same property NOI up 5.7%. However, as we all know, the COVID-19 pandemic essentially began in early March, accelerating quickly to levels that will affect our business in the second quarter and going forward until the situation is resolved and we can all return to normal life and work. From an operating perspective, the first quarter showed that we maintained our track record of solid performance in our stabilized portfolio, as you can see on slide seven. Occupancies remained at effectively full levels in the residential portfolio of our business, while net average monthly rent rose, driven by increases on turnover and renewals. Our track record of organic growth also continues with same property NOI up 5.7% with good growth in our NOI margin. But that was then and this is now. A primary observation of this pandemic outbreak is that our business thesis does hold strong. Apartment investment is resilient. I want to spend the rest of our time together discussing what we have been doing to adapt to this new operating environment. Our main goal is to ensure the safety and well-being of our staff, of our residents, and of our properties. Residential living is an essential service, and our frontline staff have also been essential workers, keeping our residents safe. And I want to say that our residents have been extraordinarily supportive throughout this time. Our business objectives are to preserve capital and maintain a strong and flexible position, to mitigate risk and generate the best operating results possible in this challenging environment. Slide nine outlines some of the operating initiatives that we are taking to keep the business moving in these challenging times. We are maintaining a solid presence in each of our properties to build on close relationships we have developed with our residents. We have initiated what we call our Compassionate Care Program, reaching out to all of our residents, checking in on them, and consulting on any rent payment issues that they may have. We, encouraging, we are encouraging our automatic, pre-authorized, and online payment options, and advising them of government assistance programs should they need the help. We have also placed a temporary moratorium on rent increases, effective April 1. We have, also, we have always had a rent deferral program in place for those suffering economic hardship. This is nothing new to Capri. And to date, those residents approved for rent deferrals are currently running at less than 0.5% of our residents. Slide 10 outlines some other key initiatives we have been implementing at Capri. To help with our resident communications program, we have accelerated the rollout of our new resident portals, enabling our residents to more easily communicate and transact with us. Getting this system up and running was a real accomplishment. What we had expected to take six months was completed in only six weeks, and we are seeing a strong sign up for this initiative, with 81% of our residents being invited and 55% having already signed up. We look to increase this percentage going forward. 
Our innovative technology platform is also helping us to maintain our properties with our customary high occupancy. As an example, potential new residents are able to see available apartments online through our virtual property and suite tours. Once interested, they can apply remotely through our online lease system. These systems have been up and running for some time and are very helpful during the pandemic. Moving to slide 11, in summary, during these challenging times, our business has essentially returned back to basics. Engaging with our residents through our communication programs to ensure that we understand their ability to pay situation. We're filling vacancies through our new and innovative technologies, such as online tours and online lease applications. And finally, investigating all areas where we might find operating efficiencies. It is by a return to basics that we will work through these challenging times and emerge stronger than ever before. Our main focus is on rental payment communication, and all of our teams are totally focused on this activity, and we are very pleased with the result so far. Understand that it's not the end of the month and that we can't fully see rent collection patterns until the month completes. There are always checks that come into us that need to be received and cleared. Residents that rely on social benefit payments during the month to meet their rent uh, obligations. Other people sometimes pay a little bit late, but will eventually pay throughout the month. We have collection procedures against rent default and other factors that don't give us a full and clear picture until the end of the month. Having said that, we are cautiously optimistic to see that 98% of our April rents were collected and our occupancy continues to remain strong. As you can see on slide 12, we have not seen any material decline in our occupancies since the quarter end. As I've said before, it is very early to call trend on any one performance metric and occupancy levels are no exception. Renting in this COVID environment is somewhat challenging. And while our technology solutions will help, help us navigate through this time, we remain cautious and will adapt as the situation evolves. As you can see on slide 13, the strength in our business is also driven by the continuing affordability of rental accommodation across the country. The resilience of the CapRe portfolio is clearly laid out in this slide as our strategy of targeting the mid-price market has worked exceptionally well. You'll notice that each, in each of our gateway cities, the affordability proposition remains intact. Additionally, it is this income-earning market that is being targeted by government assistance programs during the pandemic. The annualized average monthly rents in our key cities of Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver remain well below average incomes and re represent a much smaller percentage of income than owning a home. In these challenging times, the affordability of apartments remains a distinct advantage as to, so, as to why so many Canadians are affected by the COVID pandemic. As I said before, Apartments have traditionally been counter-cyclical in nature in terms of their performance. 
Affordability has helped CAFRI perform in both good times and in bad. Resilience is the foundation strategy of our company. I'll now turn things over to Scott to outline what is one of our most important advantages in these challenging times, our strong balance sheet and liquidity position. Thanks, Mark. Turning to slide 14, you can see that we are clearly in a very strong financial position at the end of the first quarter. With a conservative debt to gross book value of 36% and total liquidity of approximately $280 million. We also have $800 million in Canadian unencumbered properties available to generate funds should we need it, with approximately $328 million in our apartment portfolio and $472 of that being our MHC portfolio. For the remainder of 2020, we have approximately $540 to $590 million in renewals and refinancings in a favorable interest rate environment with five and 10 year money being offered at low interest rates between 1.6 and 2%. As an example, subsequent to the quarter end, we've locked a total portfolio of mortgages of 165 million on refinancing at an average rate of 1.89%. We expect we'll continue to benefit from the current low interest rate environment through the balance of the year. Although the debt markets have had some changes um, in recent, we're confident that the debt marketing and financing in our industry will remain highly available for our properties, given their stability and the strong fundamentals of the rental residential business. Turning to our balance sheet on slide 15, you can see we continue to maintain a strong and flexible financial position at quarter end with conservative leverage strengthening coverage ratios, and historically low interest costs on our mortgage portfolio. Based on stress testing performed by management on financial debt covenants, we concluded that there is significant room on each of our covenants when compared to their set thresholds. And again, debt to GBV was a solid 36% at quarter end, providing financial resources and flexibility to help us work through these challenging times. Our mortgage portfolio remains well-balanced, as shown on slide 16. Looking ahead, our current top-up renewal mortgages through 2034 will provide further significant liquidity in the event that this pandemic gets deeper or lasts longer than we hope. As of March 31st, as said, we expect to raise between 540 and 590 million total mortgage renewals and refinancings, including operating leases purchased to date. You can also see on this graph that we have considerable opportunity to reduce our long-term interest costs in today's attractive interest rate environment. The current 10-year estimated rates, averaging about 1.8, are well below expiring mortgage rates of between 2.7 and 3.4% over the next three or four years. An example of some very attractive financing recently locked in was a $45 million mortgage that we closed at 1.59% for a 10-year term, which included a top-up of $39 million and is expected to close shortly. Overall liquidity fund, slide 17 demonstrates that we will remain well-positioned to work our way through these challenging times, 
As at March 31st, as noted, we had approximately $282 million in available liquidity, including $99 million borrowing capacity on our line of credit and $182 million of cash and cash equivalent. Our total equity raise of $1.1 billion in 2019 positioned us strongly as we entered 2020. With our strong balance sheet and liquidity positions, we are confident we have the financial resources to weather these storms. And in addition, we remain highly opportunistic in our growth programs, and our balance sheet strength allows us the potential to capitalize on accretive acquisition opportunities should they appear. I'll now turn things back to Mark to wrap up. Thanks, Scott. Looking ahead, we are confident that our long-term focus of making CapRe the best place to live, work, and invest will take us through this challenging time. We are working diligently to communicate with our residents and we remain committed to providing them with a safe and affordable place to live. I thank our residents for their support over the last few months. Our team is capitalizing on the efficient and well-tuned operating platform that we've built over the last 22 years to deliver the best possible results. I especially want to thank everybody at CAFRI for their hard work and commitment. I want to especially thank our brave frontline who've worked throughout this pandemic equipped with PPE. We thank you for your commitment. It is the experience of our team that will get us through these difficult times. And from an investment perspective, the apartment industry remains a very defensive sector. One that has proven its ability to generate solid returns in both good times and in bad. At Capri, we remain very optimistic about our future. We have a highly conservative balance sheet with low leverage, strong liquidity, and numerous sources of capital. And the current attractive financing environment provides us with a real opportunity to generate significant interest savings for the long term. In summary, to manage this difficult period, we have returned our business to its basics. Resident outreach to help through the payment cycle, filling our property vacancies, and finding operational efficiencies. It is this focus that will help us manage through this time and emerge stronger than ever before. Thank you for your attention this morning, and we would now be pleased to take any questions that you may have. Thank you. We will now take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. If at any time you wish to cancel your question, please press the pound sign. Please press star 1 at this time. If you have a question, there will be a brief pause for the participants register. Thank you for your patience. The first question is from Jonathan Kelcher of TD Securities. Please go ahead. Thanks. Uh, good morning. Morning, John. Morning, um, first, just when I guess when we get to the point um, uh, when you're no longer doing the deferrals on on increases in in renewal rents, how how will the process work in in terms of reinstating those? Uh, it's different by province, and how it will be reinstated will be different by province. Um, for example, in the province of Quebec we may end up serving the increases and then just uh, deferring them 
because if we don't want to lose the opportunity for the year. In the province of Ontario, you're simply moving the anniversary date of, uh, of the apartment. So you're essentially just moving the rent, losing the rent increase for uh, however many months we decide to continue this, um, which just accelerates the, uh, uh, the early collection of revenue for the year after. So it does vary in, in simple terms, Jonathan, it varies province by province. Okay, and will you will will it be sort of a national? Um, you'll decide, say July first, that you're you're doing you're reinstating the the rent increases or August, whatever whatever month it is. It, it, yeah, we won't we won't pick a month to do it across the board. As I said, we may uh, reactivate uh, the process in different provinces at different stages. It has a lot to do with the legislation. I'm happy to walk you through that offline. But for now, the message that we're giving to cap rate residents is that we are, uh, we're deferring rent increases, whether it be by not serving the rent increases or by just not charging them. Okay. Um, and then just switching gears, how, how has turnover been in April and May versus, uh, uh, versus last year, for instance? Um, it's, it is very difficult to call a trend of any sort because what we did see in, in turnover, uh, again, very dependent on where you are. Uh, but in the city, we did see some people go home. Uh, when you had a younger, where you have a younger population of service workers, we saw people go home. So we saw a slight uptick in, in turnover. Um, I would call that the settling month in terms of the pandemic. I wouldn't expect to see that as a continued trend, but I think in general, it would be uh, fair to say that we would see a mild uptick, uh, mild uptick in turnover uh, going forward. I'm very cautious when I call that because again, we have really two months of data, but uh, if there's challenging economic times, it tends it tends historically to generate higher turnover rates. Okay, so for for 2020 overall, you think turnover will be a little bit higher than it was in 2019? Go, going by history, in challenged economic times, you do tend to see more apartments turnover because life circumstances tend to change more during an economic shock. So yeah. Okay. Thanks. okay. Thanks. I'll uh, I'll turn it back. Thank you. Once again, please press star one at this time if you have a question. The following question is from Brad Sturgis of Industrial Alliance. Please go ahead. Hi there. Morning. Hi, Brad. Maybe just um, sticking with um, you know the comments there about. Uh, you're saying property NOI and just maybe looking at market rents, you know, have you seen much of a change in, in the market rents you're seeing across the portfolio? And, and just remind me what you think the gap between in-place rents and market rents would be? Uh, you could look at the gap as being um, just the revenue increases you're seeing on turnover from the, from the past. Um, I think we've got, we, if you look at those numbers combined, I turn to Scott for the actual portfolio number. Um, I think it's in the neighborhood of around 15%. I think that uh, Scott, could you help me with that number? 
Yeah, you're, we're 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 around 13, I think, just slightly below, and um, we continue to see um, realization of those increases at not the identical levels, but fairly uh, fairly strong levels. So, um, and and similar to previous calls, I think we we continue to see them across all markets nationally. Um, you know, um, some growth in everywhere from Halifax to uh, Quebec, Ontario. Uh, Etc. Those are those are markets that are kind of driving those increases still. The no, the number to be mindful of, and we just we just don't have the confidence to say that a trend to look forward to is that a decline in mark to market rents that are offset by an increase in turnover can actually yield more bottom line revenue. It's just very very early to call that. Um, Capri typically does not like the incentive game uh, because we think that it it hides. Um, the true nature of, of income. So we will typically price adjust to attract. But during a pandemic, you don't know if, if anything's based on price because the market's not functioning normally. So adjusting price up or down can sometimes have an absolute zero effect because there's just nobody moving in the marketplace. Um, so I would just say the, the what we need to be mindful of here going forward is the combination of increased turnover and uh, uh, a potential change in market rents if it happens. Okay, from a from a margin perspective, do you what would you expect uh, the change to be year over year uh, for the portfolio right now? Given there might be more, I guess, cleaning costs, would would you expect a little bit uh, a little bit of an impact on margin? No, I think that every portfolio functions a little bit differently. I, it again is way too early to call um, any sort of change, but generally we're seeing um, uh, cost slowdowns uh, at this stage, which isn't indicative of profitability at all. It could be deferring expenses uh, for a quarter down the road, but uh, we're not seeing anything material at all on the cost front. If anything, we're seeing expense, uh, expense uh, relief uh, at the current time. And, and still, I guess, early days, but, you know, how does the pandemic change your thought process when it comes to uh, proceeding with uh, development entitlements or, you know, does this, re you know, on, a, on the acquisition side, does this kind of reinforce uh, the focus on the newer build properties rather than value add? Well, I think what you're going to see is if affordability becomes the, the topic in challenged economic time, you will see a return to value add focus for a lot of apartment investors. The, the question will be, you know, can, can certain uh, locations see an offset in development costs to make up for potential uh, downward push on rents? And uh, that's to be seen. We've seen uh, real uh, uh, uncertain data coming out of new construction. New construction's done exceptionally well in some areas and is weak in others. So I think when it comes to the $5 a foot uh, per month rental market, I would think you would see pressure on that in difficult economic times. The question is, does the pro forma look better with potentially reduced uh, construction costs? Um, we're not seeing any evidence of that right right now. So we're going to continue on the path of entitlement um, and getting the properties ready 
for, for permitting. And I think that will just benefit uh, Capri uh, tremendously, uh, being ready uh, to pull the trigger on uh, building permit-ready sites. So we will not slow down our, our, our entitlement uh, position, but it's too early to call uh, you know, what it really does to our program. Again, we, we're always quite cautious until we get to the point of entitlement. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll turn it back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The following question is from Mike Marquitas of Desjardins. Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, so I guess just to start on the uh, Brad's question on the entitlements and development, um, maybe you could just give us an update on where you would stand with uh, Wellesley and Davisville. Yeah. Um, we, uh, you'll remember uh, Wellesley, 128 units. Um, it, it's uh, been delayed. The pre-hearing was delayed uh, for a month um, to August. And uh, the same thing for uh, Davisville. We've seen another one-month delay um, in terms of the settlement hearing. So right now, we're getting these delays. We don't know if that's definitive or they'll keep pushing out the, uh, the delays for the hearings. But it, it's not a profound effect. It's just both have been pushed out about a month. Okay. Thank you. Um, and then just um, circling back to the topic of rent collection, obviously you did a great job in, or had a great experience in April in terms of collecting 98%, and I realize it's early, but um, do you have any sense on where you're tracking in May versus where you would have been tracking uh, in April as of this date? Uh, there has been no change in trend. I've always been very cautious about quoting numbers until the end of the month, but I would say that um, um, you can look forward to seeing no change in trend. Um, if anything, government programs, uh, people were getting settled into them in the month of April, and clearly those government programs are fully in place for the month of May. And uh, the, the mid-market nature of the cap rate portfolio is definitely uh, revealing itself to be well-suited um, to the income earning level of, uh, of our residents and the programs that are out there. Okay, so just paraphrasing, no reason at this juncture to expect that uh, uh, it would be any worse than April. That's, that's, that's very safe to say. Right. Thank you, Mark and Scott. I'll turn it back. Thank you. The following question is from Mario Surik of Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to stick to uh, to the market rent discussion and realizing that it is still very early days. Uh, there was an article that came out, I think it was last week, highlighting maybe a bit of pressure in, in condo rents uh, month over month. Um, so like May versus April or April versus March. In, in some of the bigger markets in Canada, there's a, there's a huge gap between condo rents and, and your rents in the portfolio. Can you just talk about you know, how insulated the market rents might be uh, for multifamily uh, if, if we continue to see condo rents come down? Yeah, we're really seeing the uh, divergence 
of multifamily value add and multifamily new construction. I put the condos in the category of multifamily new construction. So the pressures there are obvious. Um, higher income earners aren't that have been displaced due to COVID are not getting government assistance programs that match their previous income. That goes without saying. Um, the second factor is we're unsure of the full effect of Airbnb units that are being converted into long-term uh, rental. Um, a lot, and I say that because we're not entirely sure of the size of the Airbnb market in places like Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, but we think it's pretty big. And we know that, that those people are under tremendous pressure um, to, to keep revenues alive. Um, so the combination of those two factors, I'm not sure which one is impacting more, um, but it has something to do with both. And that's definitely got pressures in the condo end of the market. I, I don't see that um, affecting us for two primary reasons. I think what you might find is that people that are choosing a lifestyle in Toronto may choose uh, per, uh, our value-add portfolio, I'm going to say, over being in a condo due to affordability. They want to stay in the city. And I think that you'll see a, a, an effect of that. And then I think you'll just see the general affordability proposition holding true. Um, we have a lot of mark-to-market runway in our portfolio. That is not lost on people. There will be a, a phase where people readjust because they've had an economic shock to their income and they've had to move on for different reasons. But I feel highly, highly confident that that mark-to-market embedded value in the cap rate portfolio is going to ensure us through, uh, through these times. Got it. Okay. And then uh, just on uh, immigration, it's a, it's a big driver of rental demand nationally. Uh, clearly, there's a freeze in terms of international immigration right now. Uh, how do you see that playing out and, and the implications for your portfolio, depending on, I guess, the length of the freeze over time? Yeah, I think uh, it, immigration is one of several uh, uh, factors that had huge pressure on the, the housing situations in, in Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. Um, you know, we've got we've talked about the urbanization, uh, natural population growth, you know, aging uh, seniors, the student populations. Uh, there are still, and, and of course, the uh, the ever increasing uh, pressures on getting supply to market. So I do think that we are well protected um, from all of those factors, and I do think, again, the affordability of a cap rate apartment really ensures us better than anyone else from changes in, in, uh, in, in demand factors. People still have uh, very good value with their cap rate leases, and, and that, I think, will get us through. All right. Do you have a, do you have a sense of like, what percentage of, of demand last year would have been uh, from international immigration for the portfolio, and then maybe what percentage of the existing tenant base would be students? Well, I really, I really and, and, and not that we don't know our numbers, but I really don't know the overall effect on the overall market. And I think it's the overall market that has effects in every sector, from the condo buying sector, home buying sector, to rental high-end, rental mid-tier. Um, 
So it is difficult. It is difficult to say. There will be an effect also with foreign students, but how long that will go on for is to be determined. You know, I think that when schools return to a bigger state of normal, you'll see a very quick return in that demand segment as well. So very, and I'm not trying to evade the question, Mario. It's just so early to say. It really is early to say. Right, but in terms of CapReach specific portfolio, do you have a sense of like what percentage of the portfolio would be rented out to students today? Quite a small percentage. You have to look at where the universities or secondary education institutions are situated. But if you want to talk about like direct correlation buildings, we would have less than a dozen properties that are specifically serving a post-secondary. Got it. Okay. And in the past, you've kind of highlighted, and this comes back to the value add assertion, you've highlighted fairly large waiting lists for tenants in your bigger markets like Toronto. Can you give us a sense of where waiting lists stand today and how they've been impacted, if at all, by the crisis? Yeah. I think that the demand is difficult to read because people in the last four weeks have been in some state of lockdown. So it's a very unusual time unless you absolutely have to, to be looking to move. I don't think that that indicates anything. I think that during a period of lockdown, you can obviously expect different behavior. As things ease up, I would say the months of, particularly the months of June, will tell us a little bit more clarity on where the market's at. That's traditionally a high rental month, June, July, and we'll see how many people are returning to the marketplace. There are people still renting, but really it's people that must move that we're seeing more than anything. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Yep. Thank you. There are no further questions registered at this time. Management has asked that only analysts who follow CapReit ask questions on the call. Anticipating a lot of questions, this step has been taken to ensure there is sufficient time. Please call management at your convenience after the call has concluded. I will now turn the call back over to Mr. Kenny. I'd like to, first of all, thank everybody for their time and attention today. And if you have any further questions, please don't hesitate to contact us at any time. Uh, thanks so much. Stay safe uh, and goodbye. Thank you. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time. We thank you for your participation. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.